Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Jeroen Kothout all the way from Antwerp, Belgium today. Jeroen runs a CRM company. Salesflare is the name of the company, but he has had his own journey where he's done multiple things before he stumbled upon entrepreneurship. So we'll find out about all that. At the same time, he also runs a podcast, which I'm pretty curious about. So welcome, Jeroen. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Jeroen Kortout. I'm a co-founder and CEO of, uh, of Salesflare. And Salesflare is a, a, a B2B sales CRM. It's a, a, for small and medium-sized businesses, actually. Um, it's one that really helps you um, follow up your customers without having to do too much data in very short. Um, and I mainly run uh, things like marketing there. We'll do a lot of the product management as well. Um, and other stuff like uh, investor relationships and all that. So how long have you been with Salesflare? Uh, we started Salesflare six and a half years ago. It's, it's been a while. Um, it was uh, around April, May 2014. And how are you guys doing now? Doing well. Uh, even despite the whole uh, COVID situation, um, we are relatively unaffected, not re- really completely unaffected. Um, but we sell uh, to small and medium-sized businesses who sell B2B. So it's already we're not like directly affected. Uh, some of our customers uh, have issues uh, and we try to help them. Uh, but but. We're not at all in the same uh, boat as restaurants. So we actually had some good uh, growth months um, and this month should be a really good one as well. So So where is your client base? Who are you serving? Are you primarily in Europe or all over the world? Uh, We're actually primarily in uh, North America. Um, Our client base is US, Canada is the main market. Then after that, it's uh, Europe. Uh, where the main market is the UK, the Benelux, and then after that, it's probably France, Germany, the Nordics, and Poland and all that. Um, and then uh, another 20% uh, sort of, of our revenue comes from uh, the rest of the world, uh, of which a big part is actually Australia. Uh, we're, we're quite strong in, in countries where people speak English. And... Who do you primarily target? You said businesses. So would you be competing with the likes of uh, Freshdesk and Zendesk and these guys? or We do compete with Fresh Sales and Zendesk Sell. Although these products are slightly, they target like slightly larger customers. They're really like below the, the Salesforce ceiling, you could say, where, where you really need like an enterprise CRM system. Uh, we focus on anything from very small companies to medium-sized companies. Um, so there's, there's a bit of overlap, but we mostly compete with companies like HubSpot um, and Pipedrive. Um, those are the, the, the two big ones that we mostly see. Um, that's, yeah, because of the, because of the focus on one, on small and medium-sized businesses uh, and two, on the sales aspect, um, especially for Pipedrive, that's relevant. And where do you have your development center? Is it out there in Belgium or in North America too? No, it's uh, fully, uh, we actually do everything from Belgium. Um, our um, 
business team is largely American, um, including myself. I'm like uh, both American and Belgian, um, so that that really helps to address the the the, the U.S. market. Uh, but we do it all from from here. Uh, just makes more sense when we work together. Although that's not so much the case now uh, with the current situation. We're all working from home, so right. normally we're all in the same office. And are you venture funded right now? Investor funded. We have uh, angel investments, uh, no VC funding. Uh, we're currently uh, going it alone. Uh, okay. With the angels, of course. Right. So how did you get into the CRM space? So what, what's your background? Where did you start your career? Uh, depends uh, how far we go back. <laughs> so let's go back uh, to when you finished college, you know, perhaps. Yeah, or maybe slightly earlier. I think that the first moment I knew I wanted to... Um, start something like when i had that itch i was probably around when i was 15 or 16. before that i always liked building stuff and starting things but uh not really the business type of uh, of starting something uh or building something but then i i discovered the joy of building websites uh and during the summer i started building webs websites for all kinds of people um, I uh, got some stuff in return for that, and then that's when you start feeling like <laughs> I could actually build something here, and this is going to be my job and, and all that. Um, I also started uh, around the same time a uh, second-hand um, cell phone business, so I would buy uh, cell phones uh, in Germany and the UK, mostly on eBay, I believe, and then resell them second-hand in Belgium, and I would make a, a good margin because I would. I would try to get the, the cheap deals and then sell them a bit more expensive. Uh, it's, uh, it's not the most profitable thing to do, but it was fun. I like cell phones and often the cell phones would uh, sort of stay with me. Like, I was, oh, I like this one. And then I would, uh, it, it was a way for me also, let's say, to upgrade my cell phone way too often, mm-hmm. um, which I actually still kind of do. Uh, I don't have the secondhand cell phone business anymore. But I still upgrade my cell phone. Like I, I, I follow secondhand websites, and then when one comes way below the price, I buy it. I, I have patience, um, and that way I can upgrade my cell phone at, at at almost no cost. Or even I, I used to actually win money on it uh, by doing that. Um, but then, um, yeah, I, I I went to university. I initially thought I was going to do computer engineering because that sort of aligned with my thoughts about running a, a website uh, business mm-hmm. um that's what it was called in the day uh, it was not a digital marketing agency or something um but then i went to the open day and i i saw what the what they had exposed to computer engineering students and i was like how is this helpful i i, I really didn't get it and i i saw these things i saw the people and i was like mm, maybe this is not for me um i went anyway with engineering uh, but after, uh, like, uh, at some point in the bachelor, we had to choose and I went for electrotechnical engineering. Uh, combined that with business management because I always liked, um, yeah, being, being busy with business. Um, then in my master, I had to choose and I actually then, uh, made a funny switch, um, to biomedical engineering. Mm-hmm. And that's because within all the topics we could choose in electrotechnical engineering, that just sounded like the, the way it felt best like I, there was the most possibility to make an impact on the world more than if i would uh, be busy with things like telecom or 
microcircuits or energy or stuff like that. So I went into that. It was very cool. I had a lot of um, medical courses uh, as well. So it helped to, to broaden uh, my perspective and knowledge, uh, which I, I very much like to do. And then um, at the end of that, I started applying for jobs. Um, I never really liked the pure engineering jobs. I didn't see myself like, uh, uh, let, let's imagine like in the, in, in the back of a room, uh, not actually talking to the customers, building something. Um, I prefer very much being in touch with people, finding out together with them, like what they need and all that. And then, and then making sure that happens. Uh, so while I was applying for jobs, people really didn't believe that I could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point I was in an interview and uh, I was already going for application engineering, which was slightly closer to the customer. But I'm like, uh, I said to the interviewer, like, I, I feel like I'm s- still missing some of the customer contact here. And um, they said, oh, then maybe we should, um, we also, we're also looking for project managers. Maybe that's something for you. And then um, we did a test and um, through that test, they figured out I would not be a good project manager. Uh, so they said, no, I cannot hire you for that. And because I was so frustrated with that, mm-hmm. um, I decided, decided at the end of the day before we were going out into the bars uh, to use the, the credit card of a friend and um, apply for a test to, uh, well, to, to apply for business school. And I did that. I got in and then still had to sell to my parents that uh, I was going to go to business school. Um, but that was a great experience. And it actually also allowed me to make a complete switch um, in my um, in my career because I uh, went uh, straight after business school. I went into marketing. And uh, I went into marketing in, um, in a pharma company. That's actually, I specifically looked for product management positions in pharma companies because I believed that was going to be the best way for me to get experience to one day start a company. You know, you, you get a, a product and you can put it in the market. Uh, you work with customers on that and all. You know, that's, that's at least the way I saw it. Um, the way it ended up to be is that I was uh, creating brochures based on brochures that the inter- international team had made because I was in the Belgian subsidiary of a, a big pharma company called Baxter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would then train the salespeople how to use them. And occasionally I would build a website or something. And um, that was sort of it. And that was very disappointing. So I didn't do that job for a long while. I, I looked for other stuff. I again wanted to start something. Um, and during my search, I stumbled upon a guy and I went for dinner with him and I explained to him that I had the idea of uh, starting a digital marketing agency for pharma companies because I, I thought I know pharma marketing now. I know a lot about building websites. They don't seem to know anything about it because, um, marketing people in pharma are usually ex salespeople. So not the most uh, digitally savvy people. Uh, this could be a business. And then it turned out that this guy um, actually ran a business that did that, but sort of uh, added um, strategy and research projects and all these kind of things, more consultancy than actually agency uh, to it. Uh, and he said, like, you're too young. Nobody's going to believe you. Join me and I'll teach you everything. And then in six months, you can do whatever you like. If you want to leave, you leave. So I, I decided to join him. 
and I did it for longer than six months. I stayed there for four years, uh, which was a great experience um, and something I can recommend to anyone who wants to start something is to get into services first if you want to start a product product mm -hmm. company because it allows you to um, very much together with customers shape projects the way they expect them to be like one by one not create a product for everyone uh, but create stuff that is, is like tailored to what, what uh, an individual customer wants um, and I um, ended up to be the, the youngest account manager at the company, um, actually selling these projects, managing them, um, and um, outsourcing stuff to other people in the company and all that. But uh, the itch to start a company was always there. The issue was, like, like with many people who, who dream of starting something, is that I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I, um, I just kept looking and looking. And I, I also didn't know how to look. I, I didn't know what was worth it. I didn't know how to get started. So I just spent uh, probably a few years just looking and reading stuff. And uh, like they, they sometimes call a, a entrepreneur, like you want to be an entrepreneur, but you're, you're so far from being it. Um, and I remember at some, someday I uh, saw this ad from the Founder Institute. Mm -hmm. It's this, um, uh, global startup accelerator with, um, um, how do you call affiliates everywhere? Mm -hmm. And, um, they had one in Brussels. And, um, basically the, the value proposition was you go through this thing. Uh, other entrepreneurs are going to teach you what they know about, um, about specific topics. You're going to, um, every week work on these topics. And like that will get you to start a company and you don't graduate, uh, if you don't start a company officially and get started with it. Uh, that's the requirement. So that's it. For me, that was like after these years of tr trying, looking, not really doing anything uh, in the end, like procrastinating. Um, that seemed like, okay, now it's going to happen. So I enrolled for that. I started off with a, with a, with a, with an idea of, uh, it was a moving administration business. So I had just moved apartments and it was so horrible. I didn't like to arrange all the things like get a new telco provider and get a new energy company and, and arrange this and arrange that. And I thought, this could be solved at scale, you know, you go into a portal, you say, I'm moving from here to there, I need this and that and that, and then the rest happens for you. And I, uh, the first session of the Founder Institute, I, I pitched that, and I was one of the three people pitching in front of the founder of the Founder Institute. And, and he, uh, at the end of my pitch, he did like this, he said, uh, and, and he gave it a one in, in five or something. He said, he said, that's a horrible idea. Nobody's waiting for that. Belgium is too small and I don't remember. Okay. And, um, yeah, then I, I had to find something else very quickly and I stumbled upon an idea that had been sort of brewing in my mind for a while, which was, um, like medical doctors are sort of the only profession that, um, has to follow research, but they're not researchers. 
And the way the, the, the publishing system works is that you, you subscribe to a journal and then you see some, uh, you get some articles from that. But you can't, cannot really uh, follow things based on your interests and pick, pick things from here and there. So it's really, really outdated, archaic uh, system. And I thought about a, um, a sort of uh, a thing, a feed reader, um, in which you could read the things you were actually interested in. Mm-hmm. And we would surface the good articles for you around the topics that you're interested in. Um, and I worked on that. I went through the whole Founder Institute. I worked on that for um, uh, six, seven months or so uh, until I finally discovered that I was not going to be able to make it work um, financially. Um, there just was no strong or easy business model to it. Sure, I could go sell ads to pharma companies but, or ways to reach doctors or whatever. Uh, but that was a, a quite a long shot. And uh, that also meant then that it was very hard to convince other people to work on it with me uh, with no salary and all. Uh, so that failed. But then I, um, I went into a few other things. I started a certain website. I... Um, was for the, the World Cup in Brazil. My wife is Brazilian and I made a whole thing about it. This is, you go to the World Cup, this is how it works, this is what you can visit. Uh, was it was a very dumb idea because um, it was a, a website that got a lot of attention and then died immediately. Um, then I uh, enrolled in a health uh, startup weekend where um, we came up with a telemedicine solution, which was basically like uh, a lot of patients have pacemakers. Mm-hmm. And these pacemakers send out diagnostic data, uh, and um, every um, every brand of pacemaker uh, sends this to a different portal. So nurses find themselves logging into all kinds of different portals to follow this, and we made this one thing where it all comes together, um, and we won the health uh, startup weekend with that, and that's connected us to some other sort of agencies and we immediately got subsidies and everything. So all of a sudden we were there with a team of a, of a startup weekend, you know, some random guys thrown together and, and it was like, okay, we have investment now. What do we do? And everybody also had uh, full-time jobs. So imagine that, that, uh, went nowhere for a very long time. And, I think a few weeks later or so, one of the guys I had met in the Founder Institute calls me and he says, well, I have a company. We sell software um, to big companies. It's a business intelligence software. We were going to a big conference in Vegas. It's a big IBM conference because the software is compatible with IBM software and we need the sales guy still. Would you like to join? Um, and uh, they were going to pay everything. I was going to Vegas. Uh, I said, that sounds good. Uh, so we did that, um, that turned out to be, uh, hugely successful. So basically I would, I would stand in the, um, like, uh, just outside the booth, ask people like, do you use IBM Cognos? They would say, yes. I said, oh, uh, do you have this in this issue? They said, yeah. I said, well, we have this and that. And, like, and then they would ask a specific question, which I did not know the answer to at all. And then I would just move them on to the guys. And the guys would take them over and I would go to the next one and move people to the booth like that one by one. 
And at the end, we had an enormous amount of, of good leads um, and we were super enthusiastic. And at that moment, all of a sudden, I had like a series of things I could work on. I had my website, I had that health startup uh, weekend uh, thing. Um, and then I had this, this last one and I, I decided I had to go scrapping. Um, so I put this in my notebook and I scrapped out the two other ones and went with the, the last one. So I said, I'm going to help these guys build that software company. Now <laughs> that, uh, that website didn't go anywhere, but that's, uh, that company, uh, that I scrapped, uh, has raised, I think 6 million by now. Yeah. or something yeah i'm not involved anymore i'm not in the capital or anything <laughs> but uh yeah they're 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 doing quite well i actually just just one guy of all the others uh continued with the company got some other guys and uh, is still working on it um then these leads uh that we were going to follow up we started working on that and that's basically when Salesforce was born, what I'm working on now for the last six and a half years. I mean, a very long story, but uh, we, we had all these leads and we had to somehow manage that. And in the marketing consultancy where I used to work, we used Salesforce. And that was nice uh, for our CEO, sort of to do the management reporting and all that. But us as salespeople, we never managed to organize ourselves in that. Um, it was too clunky and hard to put stuff in there, hard to keep track of things. You didn't have a history. The tasks were like this huge form. It's a very weird uh, thing. Um, and then we looked at other CRMs out there. And what we noticed is any system that we built would always fail or any system that we would use uh, because we, we would use some systems. We would um, build some Excel sheets and all that. Um, for the simple reason that we could not uh, get ourselves to fill it out consistently. And then we figured that that was actually a huge issue that every single salesperson was dealing with. And that's why everybody hates CRMs. Like people ask you to input a lot of data in there. Uh, you don't want to do it. It doesn't help you. Uh, and if you do it, basically your manager looks and says, uh, I mean, they control you through it. So salespeople do not enjoy any of these things. Um, but we figured that actually all this input is also highly unnecessary because as the sales process becomes more and more digital, actually all this information already exists. It's just not in the CRM. So we thought all we have to do is plug into all the different places where the data already is, like in your email inbox, your calendar, your phone, social media, company databases, web tracking, email tracking, all those kind of things. Pull it all together and make sure that people, like salespeople, get it in front of them um, and can then just work with it. And they don't need to update it all the time. That just happens. But they can build on that to organize their sales and to follow up people better, to make sure that no leads uh, slip through the cracks, to have happy, <laughs> happy customers, uh, because you're actually like you're able to um, serve every customer as if they're the only one. And you do that at scale. Um, and we started Salesforce then with that idea in 2014. Initially, uh, we did not have any money to start it, uh, the usual issue. 
but we did want to spend a lot of time on it. Um, we saw this thing on the internet called uh, Kima 15. It was a program from Kima Ventures. Mm-hmm. And for 15% of your company in 15 days, they would give you 150K uh, if they decided to invest. Um, and we went through the whole application thing. They recommended this book, Getting Real, which I can recommend very much to everyone who wants to get started. It's written by the guys at Basecamp. And they said, we look for companies that follow these rules, sort of this book, this philosophy. Uh, so my co-founder and I read that book. In essence, it's about how you, um, how you start a company in a very simple and lean way and focus on validating it rather than just building a whole thing and then <laughs> going to the market and saying, do you want this? Mm-hmm. Um, and we started off with a prototype and a deck uh explaining basically our our new company and showing what it could kind of look like and uh, we sent that to kima and uh, they said that we were too early stage <laughs> which was true i mean we, we just started the company uh supposedly uh, we didn't start any company actually no entity i mean uh two weeks before uh, and we were kind of uh, naively disappointed by that, uh, but we used what we built to apply to um, an incubator and an accelerator, which I can very much recommend as well. Uh, the incubator especially was uh, instrumental to our success in the sense that um, all of a sudden we were part of a network of startups. We would always work in that space. Uh, we would help each other. We would talk to each other about all the challenges we had, uh, which in the beginning was super, super helpful. Um, and then we also uh, joined an accelerator uh, and actually we, we joined two accelerators in the end, um, which to a certain extent is, uh, depends on which one you join. It can be very helpful or it can be almost un- unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we joined uh, sort of helped us to take a step back. I was uh, that was positive about it. Um, we started doing customer interviews, really taking things up in a more systematic way than we would do naturally. Um, and from there, uh, we got some money also uh, from that accelerator, just twenty five k. We decided that that was enough to hire a first person, which was again quite naive uh, because 25k runs out very quickly uh, but we were lucky to be able to uh, get another 50k from another accelerator 50k as subsidies and 100k loan from the bank and then and then step by step we sort of uh, got the money together to keep the, the thing going in the beginning uh, because starting a software company is first making a whole lot of investments uh, before you can start uh, selling subscriptions, which also uh, doesn't monetize too quickly uh, because uh, people uh, pay you a tiny subscription over time. So it's a, it's a nice business that builds up over time, but in the beginning, you don't earn much. Um, yeah, I could, I could still uh, tell you part of the story there, but there's a lot of things to... to uh, to share, so maybe maybe good to zoom in on specific things. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think you've had quite a tumultuous journey, right? So you've um, you've worked in different places, you've done different things before you got into entrepreneurship. So when you reflect back on your career, mm-hmm. what would you think are some of the learnings that you would want to share? Um, is it sp- like like what is the what is the purpose? Uh, people people starting up. What is uh, yeah yeah for, them, yeah for people starting up or for people who are contemplating going the entrepreneurial route but uh, are actually working somewhere. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, uh, to that point, I would say uh, keep working there at the beginning. Um, don't don't just leave the company and say I'm going to start something. <laughs> Because it's not going to end well, probably. I mean, it might, but uh, um, the 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 journey to first find something that's going to work uh, takes a bit. Um, it's good to um, take it up first as a hobby. Uh, maybe working on it, on it a bit in the evenings, try validating it, see whether uh, it is something that could work that you can make happen. Uh, that is, 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 can be a business, like you, you're not making too much costs and people want to pay you for it and all that. Uh, and as soon as you st- sort of start seeing that validation or a bit of it, uh, I would say you could go part time and, um, at some point you can go full time. But that's really, um, when you've already validated the business and you can see the money coming. I would, Definitely not recommend uh, jumping into something. I mean, we we did some naive things there, and it all turned out well. Uh, but it it doesn't it doesn't I mean often happen like that. Uh, we count ourselves lucky. Um, things always take way longer than you expect, and you need way more money than you expect. Uh, in general, not just when you start up a company, but also after when you raise money and all that. A, a general rule. So, so take it, take it step by step. Uh, so that advice number one. Then, um, number two, I've been looking for a long time, um, for things that I could do. Um, like what can I bring to the world? How's this going to work and all that? Um, finally, I, I stumbled upon something. Um, so I would say definitely they're based on my experience. Um, start doing stuff and it might lead to other stuff. Uh, but also, um, when you look for ideas, make sure you look for something that is really, um, not just a, a simple solution to whatever, but that you're, uh, focusing on a, on a fundamental problem that you can be quite passionate about. So something you see and you can spend your evenings basically uh, crafting solutions for it because you're so passionate about solving it. Why do I say that? Uh, for a few reasons. First of all, you're going on a journey, which is uh, hopefully many years and um, it will not always be easy. And if you don't uh, pick something that you can be passionate about, it's going to be hard. Um, secondly, if you build your, um, your business on some flimsy solution rather than a fundamental problem, it might not survive very long. It might be out of date very soon. And it doesn't give a whole lot of uh, opportunity for growth, uh, in terms of, um, the amount of value you can build. Um, and then a third piece of advice, um, 
that fundamental problem, make sure that it is a problem, well, preferably of a, of a group of people that you can identify with or that you at least have affinity with, like and want to uh, want to be in touch with on a, on a daily basis uh, slash all the time um, because that's what's going to happen. Like if you decide to uh, revolutionize the real estate business, you will be talking to real estate business, uh, real estate people every day. This will become your world. Um, if you cannot identify with that, it's probably not a great idea because you won't like talking to the people you're supposed to be talking to all day, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, plus, it, it has some, some other issues as well, like um, it's hard for you to identify with them. Uh, it, it's not fun to be in touch with them, like I said. Uh, you might not know a lot of them. Uh, because it's not really your world. So you have to build a network, you have to build affinity, you have to do all these things, which if you pick something that is for a group that you may be part of, and, and, uh, then that's that's all much, much easier. And you also have a podcast of your own, right? Well, what's that yeah. about? The uh, podcast is called Founder Coffee. Um, and it's um, intimate chats with... Um, founders of SaaS companies. And the idea behind it is that we look for sort of the story behind it and more, more the, the, the people behind it and, and um, how they uh, look at things, what they do on a daily basis, how they stay sane, um, their ambitions, uh, what they're strong at, you know, all these kind of things. Uh, because founders of companies are often quite uh, lonely in their journey. It's not like you can uh, easily uh, talk to your friends about it. They have totally different jobs. They they might not completely understand what you're what you're busy with, and it's quite a, a roller coaster journey. So it's nice to uh, hear from other founders uh, how they're doing, what the next thing is they want to work on, and you know how they manage. The, their day, simple things like that, um, and that's what we focus on. And I do that with, uh, yeah, founders of SaaS companies, preferably uh, companies because of the the business aspect of the podcast um, that have somewhat related uh, solutions or somewhat related markets, because that way we can we can share audiences also a bit. Awesome. Well. Yeroon, it's been great having you on this show. You know, we've learned a lot about entrepreneurship through your journey, the ups and the downs, and uh, your word of advice to wannabe entrepreneurs. You know, I think that's pretty valuable. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, we wish you the very best with Salesflare, and we look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. This was fun. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Please do check out Plan B Success Podcast on your favorite listing platforms. It's also available on www.planb.live. If you're looking to learn how to podcast and learn everything there is to ideate, create, launch, and monetize a podcast, do get in touch through the website www.planb.live. And I'll be more than happy to help. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.